Welcome back to the Comeback Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Connor, and I am talking today to Mads Singers, who is a business consultant helping online businesses achieve more by doing less with tips on management and delegation. He also has the Mad Singers Management Podcast, which learns how to manage and master management and leadership from successful business owners. Episodes coming every Wednesday. Welcome to the show, Mads. How are you? Thank you very much, Connor. I'm excited to be here and uh, having a great day otherwise. Absolutely. And I'm excited to talk about management, leadership, your work, the locations and environments in which you conduct your work, and a lot more. But just to give you an overview, on this podcast, I always begin by asking the guest about their background, just to get some kind of overview into them and some kind of insight. Can you tell me a bit more about where you grew up and what life was like for you in your early years? Yes, of course. So I'm from Denmark originally. I was born in Denmark and I lived there for the first 18 years. Uh, I moved away from home when I was about 15 or 16 to go study and I studied a couple of years, got really tired of it, and decided to run away from the country. So at the age, as soon as I turned 18, I moved to Ireland, where I started working at a company called Xerox. And that was, yeah, that, that was pretty much sort of the, the short story of my childhood and, and how I uh, sort of got away from Denmark. Yeah. Uh, generally, my, my childhood was pretty straightforward. Like, I'm, you know, I've always had amazing parents, lots of great friends around and so on. Um, different from many entrepreneurs, I haven't had uh, necessarily any sort of bad experiences and so on. So generally, I've, I've, I've had a very happy childhood and a very happy upbringing in general. And yeah. That does sound interesting when you mentioned in comparison to other entrepreneurs, as from somebody who listens to a lot of podcasts and has spoken to a lot of entrepreneurs, there can often be some kind of childhood trauma or something that channels them into their entrepreneurship as their motivation so it's fascinating that you have a different approach but it brings me to your motivation what brought you into the entrepreneurship world initially as in how did you begin yeah i mean fundamentally i i worked in ibm uh, for many years in various management roles and and management have become my passion pretty much since my early days uh, and, and fundamentally, I realized it could help more people from running my own show rather than working in a big corporate organization. So obviously, when you're managing hundreds of people, like you, you obviously influence a lot of people. But uh, what I do now, first of all, I've built uh, five different businesses and I have, uh, you know, I coach a lot of people uh, on a monthly basis. So the impact I make on people around me is significantly higher. And generally, I change more lives in, in the sort of setup I'm in now. And, and that's that's really my, my passion and my drive, right? So what, what pushes me and, and makes me excited is, is, I mean, making the world a better place sounds a bit shitty, but uh, it's really so many people are unhappy going to work every day all around the world. And I believe fundamentally that if I can make leaders and managers be better at what they do, then you know more, more people enjoy and love what they're doing and enjoy going to work and actually grow and develop much more from that, then you know I've, I've made a huge difference in the world. And if I may ask you about uh, the smaller, the nitty gritty details of your work, how yep. would you say that your work makes the world a better place or can have an impact? What sort yep. of things do you do? 
fundamentally, I tend to work with business owners and sort of small and mid-sized businesses and typically the management teams as well. So, you know, if I go into a business with 100 people that have maybe a business owner and or CEO and maybe a handful, of, two handful of managers, then I basically work with those individuals and teach them I call basic management skills, but reality is most people in most companies are promoted into management roles without any background or any particular skill set in it. So many people are not great managers, not because they don't want to be, but because they don't know how to. So a lot of my focus is, is really teaching and, and developing uh, business owners and managers really to grow their management skills, understand how to work effectively with people, understand how to how to work with different people because surprise surprise not everyone else is like you and yeah we're teaching them basics how do you hire the right people how do you fire people how how do you delegate effectively how do you run great meetings how do you actually give feedback to people and how do you set good goals so that's some of the things that i that i teach and coach people in and i am wondering on a few topics here such as delegation empathy recognizing those are different leadership but i suppose if you had to sum it up or maybe give like a brief description of what a manager should be how would you describe a manager yeah I, I, i'll turn around a little bit i'll say what are the key skills that you need to learn as a manager so number one is building relationships building strong relationships with anyone that works directly for you right so one of the big things is that when like if a friend of yours comes to you, Connor, and says, hey, Connor, I'm moving this weekend. Do you want to help me? Right? If you say yes or no, it generally depends on how good a friend that is. Right? In a company, what, what tends to happen a lot of the time is that bosses and leaders uh, revert to role power, which means that I'm your boss. You should do this thing. But the most valuable power and the strongest power is generally relationship power. So when you build good relationship with people around you, when you show them that you care about them, and generally that's appreciated and you know that goes both ways. So the whole thing is that, that getting people to do amazing work is so much easier if you actually build a good relationship with them, right? So that's for me the, the sort of core fundamental of any manager. The second thing is then the ability to actually delegate and, and empower the people around you. So it's very easy, particularly as a new manager, to try and do it all yourself and think that you have to do it yourself. But if you want to be effectively as a manager, as a business owner, the, the number one skill set to learn is probably how to delegate and how to how to give ownership and responsibility to the people around you, right? So that for me, that is definitely the two most important pieces. And the third thing is then about really learning how to find and hire great people. Um, any business that anyone runs anywhere in the world becomes so much easier if it's full of great people, right? And being able to hire great people and just as much put the right people in the right roles, right? You sometimes have, uh, well, there's a lot of great people who are sitting in the wrong roles that doesn't utilize their strength. And that's a shame, but, but generally learning to understand people well enough to understand who fits in where, what, what people are great at, what roles. And yeah, that, that, that makes a huge difference. And when we're dealing with the complexity of human relationships, there are so many subtle nuances and differences that go into people and an organization. 
I suppose this question might be tricky to answer, but related to point three that you made, how do you, or are there any skills or methods you can use to really hire the right people? So uh, I, I would say in general, the number one thing, not just in management, but in life is communication, right? And I think communication is probably the number one skill set you want to develop as a manager. And I think one of the most critical skills for being able to find and identify people is number one, be a good communicator and learn how to communicate well, and then really learn how to understand different people. Right. So I, I have utilized a framework called DISC for the last 20 years, which is extremely powerful, mostly in terms of helping you understand how other people think, how they're motivated, how they communicate. Right. Um, that that's probably for, for me, from a skill set perspective, that's probably the number one skill um, because it is it is relatively easy when you when you work with it for a period of time to get to understand the people that you're talking with and really um, yeah, really understand where does this person fit in, right? What motivates them and what are they naturally great at? Absolutely. And to get that, do you have some kind of assessment or interview style format beforehand to work out their strengths, their weaknesses, what, they, what their motivations are, what their drives are? Do you have that kind of process that can really filter out people into the right roles respectively no what what i do is i i teach i mean all of my clients go through uh learning how to utilize disc and the beautiful thing about disc is that if you know it well you don't need people to take a test you can actually learn to understand people by just looking at them and, and quickly assessing their natural behaviors and that's uh, that that's a skill that goes outside anything the difficulty with any personality test is that they're only as good as the person in front of them so some people know themselves extremely well and they will probably have relatively accurate test results some people don't know themselves at all and many many tests are let's just say quite inaccurate to put it politely and i, I would never be very comfortable relying on tests in terms of hiring people but when you actually learn to understand humans in general and, and just how they think and behave then it becomes very very easy to understand you know what does this person good at what, what are the kind of things that they're naturally gifted at so as example right some people are extremely good at numbers and logic and very sort of organized thinking and processes and all that sort of stuff right some people are extremely good at communicating to other people they're extremely sociable etc right so uh, different kinds of personalities have different strengths and weaknesses and it's just learning to understand you know what the person sitting in front of me what are they naturally good at and what they naturally struggle with and it's not as difficult to learn as it might sound uh, human beings are a lot simpler than I had ever imagined when I started looking into this sort of stuff. And it, it, it's probably, for, for my clients, it's typically the number one skill set that makes the biggest difference for them in terms of learning that. And when we say that humans are quite simple, does it go back to, I suppose, a hierarchy of needs of first feeling safe, then feeling secure, then feeling heard, listened to, valued, seen? Is that the... I guess the essence of what we're like as humans and if it's not what is from your experience 
No, it's not actually in that regard. So it's more going back to basic human behavior. So simple things like understanding, you know, is the person in front of me, are they assertive or are they by nature reserved? Are they, you know, very task oriented or are they very people oriented? Um, understanding. So, so basically as humans, we have some natural behavior. So for example, something that most people don't know is uh, like the simple things like the volume of your voice tell so much about you so if your volume of voice is above average that tells a lot about you as a human being right the amount of smiling you naturally do as a person tells a lot about you and um, if you're comfortable interrupting people when they talk that tells a lot about you so there's all these natural behavior clues that are very easy to pick up on when you get used to it that will tell you pretty much what you need to understand about a person, at least in a hiring situation. Um, and, and when you get good at it, you know, you, you can really learn to understand people very in depth in a very short amount of time. When we say in a very short amount of time, I know it might depend from person to person based on their understanding of psychology or emotional intelligence or, or any other factor. How long would you say it would take from beginning this exploration into human psychology in management and leadership to getting a good understanding where you can make clear, accurate decisions? So I would say my best clients get there in about a month. Uh, for most clients, it probably takes about three months. The, the, the key thing is really, as human beings, we're not really taught to look at behaviors. So, I mean, we all know people who have very loud voices, for example, and we probably all know people that have very low voices, but it's never something we've been taught to actually look at. So the, the thing that actually takes the most amount of time is, is learning to actually look and observe other humans. And that's a, really a question about effort, right? Like how much time do you invest in doing it? Um, so that that's probably the biggest differentiator, but it's not something that necessarily take you years and years to develop. Um, when you have a good teacher, it's something that, I mean, I, I've, I've worked with some Vietnamese people that have probably learned to get there in less than a month, I would say, to be, become relatively effective uh, using using those kind of skills. Right, I see. And I'm quite curious, actually, Mads, about your own journey from yeah. when you began to now. Are there any formative experiences, for good or for bad, that stand out for you in your journey and becoming the person and management leader that you are today? And if so, what are some of these experiences that you've had to navigate that have really taught you some key lessons? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the first one, when I got my first job, I was, I was an IT nerd and I had imagined myself being an IT guy for the rest of my life. And uh, literally within a couple of months of getting my first job, uh, I was lucky enough to to get a manager that was amazingly good. I mean, she was she she made people want to go to work. She made people excited. And the thing was, my whole childhood, I had always heard that oh, you should be so happy to go to school because when you go out in real life and start working, it's gonna be horrible and all this stuff. And I let's just put it politely, I did not enjoy school very much. So uh, if this thing called work was going to be more horrible than school, then I, I uh, was not particularly optimistic about life. Uh, however, I got this amazing manager who was mind-blowingly good. And 
literally i'll say within three or four months i went from i want to do it to i want to do what she does and i knew by myself that i was not going to go back to school to study management but i started very very relentless self-study so over over the past it probably took me about 10 or 12 years where i really invested significantly in learning management uh, i read a book a week for about yeah, over 10 years. So I, I went through over 500 books, uh, generally on management, leadership, uh, personal development, and so on. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that moment, I mean, getting the right person that really inspired me to do that was was probably the number one game changer. Uh, I, I would say she's probably the most influential human in my life so far. And um, I'm very thankful for for having had the pleasure to work with her. Absolutely. And one bit that strikes me here is the amount of books and the volume. Now, I also read quite extensively and I find a lot of these books useful, whether you can spot patterns amongst the books or whether you get that new insight. I always do get some kind of value. However, I'm in a point of assessing motion versus action where motion can be read a book, but then action is needed perhaps to implement that style that you read into your workplace. How do you navigate that balance of reading the books, getting all the resources and doing the research, but also taking clear, decisive action. How do you balance that? Yeah, that's a great question. And this comes into behavior. So um, people are wired differently, right? So some people love learning and putting knowledge into their heads. And you might be one of those people. Uh, Some people would only sit down and read a book if they had a particular reason to read it and had a particular action they needed to take after they read it, all right? So, and and you have other styles, but but a lot of people that tend to read tend to fall into one of those two buckets, right? If you're one of the people who just love absorbing knowledge and love reading, then you need to be very careful with what you said on actually having a balance and learning to take action. So I have, I mean, personally, I, I'm in that category, so I love learning in general uh, about or five years ago, I, I stopped the majority of my um, sort of content intake. So I, I used to read a lot of books. I used to listen to a lot of podcasts. I used to read a lot of blog posts and stuff like that. And I I was at the point where I was like, I have I've put enough knowledge in my head right now. I, I have the knowledge that I need and focus much more on taking action. So that, it's a very, very great point, right? If you're one of the people who learn and take action with it straight away, you, you typically don't have a particular big issue with this. But if you're one of the people who just love putting knowledge into your head, then you're often one of the people that procrastinate and always feel you need to know a little bit more. You need more knowledge before you can do something. And, and in that situation, if that's the kind of person you are, learning to actually take some more action is, is very valuable. Right? Absolutely. And I feel <laughs> somewhat somewhat triggered in a good way about that where I've been that person before who had all of the knowledge of how to start a podcast yet never actually did it same with the gym and moving abroad and a whole host of topics so I think when you blend two it can be very very effective I'm wondering about any influences on you both from say the literature point of view or also personally you alluded to somebody there who was your great manager and that you hold valuable today is, are there any people, perhaps besides from this individual, or you can mention more, more in depth, it's up to you, or yeah. are there any resources, like any specific books or podcasts that have really been of benefit to you in your journey? 
Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, I have a book that I, I probably read 20 times uh, called First Break All the Rules for What the World Best Managers Do Differently. And that is generally the number one book that I recommend to people who want to be a good leader. Uh, the, the concept is very, very simple. Um, leadership is not a particular, like leadership doesn't mean be like this. Leadership fundamentally means get to know yourself, understand your strengths and weaknesses, and learn how to utilize who you are to be the best manager possible. But one of the challenges many people have is they look at either famous people or role models they have, and they're like, I want to be like that person. And they try and act and behave like someone they idolize. The problem is that if your natural behavior, if your natural tendencies are not like that person, then you will fail incredibly and that's not good right so it's really learning to understand yourself and learning how you can utilize your strength as a leader and get the most out of people around you and and that book goes into so many details and it really helps people you know give so many examples of how people lead differently and it's so valuable to pick up from whatever your leadership style or whatever your personality is um I always say anyone can learn to become a leader, right? It's a skill. Sometimes people are like, oh, these people are born to it. But no matter what your personality is, you have a lot of stuff to learn if you want to be a great leader, right? Anyone can learn it if they're willing to do the work. Absolutely. And it brings me to a lovely point you mentioned about if you don't have similar personality I suppose styles to those you try and emulate then you could fail pretty badly and it really highlights the importance of authenticity in your pursuit yeah and it's i mean again the, the most important thing really is is learning to understand yourself i mean in, in life in general the better you understand yourself like not just work but even like your friendships relationships like the better you understand yourself the better you know who you are the more likely those pieces are to be successful as well and are there any key questions that we should be asking ourselves in finding out those eternal questions of who are we who am i i i don't necessarily think so because the, the problem is that we are often hardwired to not understand ourselves so if you ask most people out there is money important to you majority of people would say yes um have it, for example, you know, if someone would offer you twice the money to, to, to go to a different job, would you do it? And most people would say yes. The, the, the thing is, even people most sort of internal motivations are very rarely clear to them initially. So it often takes a lot of work to get to know yourself better. And it takes a lot of work to, to put yourself in a position where you understand yourself better. All right. And I think that's probably... I mean, not just in leadership, but in anything in life, like like getting to know yourself better, learning not just personal development, but but really learning to understand yourself in various situations and so on is probably the most important development that you can do. And that's at least for me that that would be the starting point, and that is the starting point when I when I work with people that are, uh, for example, coming up in my company through leadership roles and so on. Like getting to know themselves is is really really important. For sure. And the show is called Comeback. So the comeback beats the setback and the challenges faced. This might be tricky to answer, but what is one common mistake that you see happen over and over again, which you wish 
would be better understood. Yeah, so I, I think there's a lot of things, um, but let, let's take a couple of unusual examples. So number one is that many younger people often struggle with their parents. They are often like, oh, you know, my parents don't want me to be happy. They want me to do this and I want to do that and so on. So one, one of the key things, and, and I'm not a parent yet, but one of the key observations that I've had throughout life is that parents generally want the best for their kids. When they don't agree with you or when they think you're going in the wrong direction, they're not trying to help you. They're not talking to you because they want you to do something bad. They're talking to you because they care about you and they want you to be good. Now, they're utilizing the knowledge and the understanding that they have but fundamentally, that might not be where you want to go, right? And one of the most important things as a human being is learn to stand up for yourself and be clear on what you actually want. Like a lot of the time, what you'll see happening is that, you know, parents are often directing their kids and they're often like, hey, you know, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? When are, when are you getting a cool job? And they're asking all these questions. And the problem is most of the time, people avoid the questions, they avoid the answers. They're saying, oh, that will happen soon or that will probably happen very, I don't know, next year or whatever. And the problem is when you're running away and avoiding facing the question, that makes people feel that you're not confident. Whereas if you actually stand up for yourself and say, hey, you know, I'm not actually looking for a girlfriend right now. I am gonna spend the next two years of my life traveling the world or developing my jujitsu skills or whatever it might be. Uh, if you actually stand up for yourself and is confident about your choices, then people, including your parents, will be significantly more likely to respect you. And they will be significantly more likely to actually support you because they, they understand that you're making choices. And really, parents want you to be happy, right? So when you confidently speak about the choices you make, you're putting yourself in so much better situation. I couldn't agree more, actually, especially with that level of standing up for yourself, where I've previously, in my younger years, been guilty of mistaking that for confrontation and associating that with pure negativity, whilst actually you do get a lot more respect and a lot more achievement if you actually just express your desires, and it doesn't have to be in perhaps a confrontational format, it's just expressing your needs, and it's clear concise communication which saves ambiguity further down the line exactly yeah. absolutely i'm trying to think about perhaps some of your most difficult moments related also to the challenges aspect what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in your career to date mads and how have you managed to come back yeah, I would say if I just say challenges in general unfortunately when I was about 13 years old uh one of my best friends took his own life. And that was definitely something that changed me. Um, that was that was obviously an experience that you don't want anyone to experience. But it was one of those things that even as a young kid really made me think about life in a different way. And I always believe, like we all have good and bad memories and experiences, right? But I, 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 I regret nothing in life because I understand that I am who I am today because of all those things. And I understand that, you know, if I hadn't had the experiences and the memories that I had, 
then I would not be where I am today. So I, I think the, the number one thing is this, as a human being, we're, we're constantly faced with problems and challenges around us. But the whole thing to understand is that that is what that is what creates us and that is what makes us who we are. And one of the things is like for people, right? Challenges is a little bit like a ladder. So the thing is, sometimes you might look at a friend of yours that are maybe even older than you and they're facing a problem and you're like, to you, that's a very simple problem because you've dealt with it before. So for example, you're, you're living in a foreign country right now. So for you, like traveling to another country is not particularly scary. Now you might talk with one of your friends back home that's older than you, more mature than you or whatever, and they have never traveled. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm gonna travel to, I don't know, somewhere in Europe. Uh, but you know, it's so scary. I'm not sure what to pack. I'm not sure how do I find a place to stay and you know, all these things. So, so challenges in life is like a ladder. And the thing is, the more challenges you've faced, the more difficult challenges you've faced, the easier all other challenges tend to seem, right? And I think that's, it's very important to understand as a human that when you're being challenged a lot, it builds a backbone and it's built a character in you when you learn and understand how to deal with those challenges, right? And I think from, from a human being development, that is probably one of the most important things to understand about yourself is that all these challenges you face, all these difficulties you face, they, they're shaping you as a human being. And when you look at most successful people around, many of them have had some very, very difficult experiences that have helped shape them. If you look at kids nowadays, right, like many of them, particularly the last generation or so, have had a very, very easy life in the sense of, at least in Denmark, where I'm from, right? Kids grow up, they're paid to go study, the parents take good care of them. And like, I even had a, a, a young person at one point when I worked in IBM, walking in, expecting to be able to bring his mom to an interview, right? And you can really see and understand how overprotected kids can be from that point of view. Not everyone for sure, but some people in particular. And the difficulty with that is that if you don't start facing challenges, if you don't learn how to face challenges, particularly on your own, if you're constantly having someone else help you deal with your challenges, then your growth as a human being stagnates, right? Absolutely. It feels like being comfortable with being uncomfortable is a very important skill that like you mentioned, you don't develop if you're constantly relying on a parent or a loved one or a family member. And I see this in business, relationships, families, where having that over-reliance on another individual can be really detrimental in the long term. Because when you inevitably get faced with the challenge where you have to dig deep and look at your reservoir of, I suppose, resilience and find moments where you've toughed out and showed that you have what it takes, you won't be, you'll come up short, you'll become up lacking because you've never really tested yourself. And that could be a very daunting realization. Yeah. It's totally. really rough. And I want to talk a bit about your podcast. I mean, you have all of this knowledge that you've acquired from your years of working in this field. What made you branch out into the podcast realm? And can you tell me more about your show and your project? Yeah, for sure. Um, honestly, the number one thing that made me start a podcast is it's a great way to connect with people. So I think if you want to learn more, I mean, I, I know management extremely well, 
But even if you're like, you know, I want to learn go to the gym or I've never gone to the gym before, start interviewing people who have done it for a long time. And you will, one, build some amazing connections and two, you will learn a lot of stuff in a very short span of time, right? Um, so fundamentally for me, it was definitely about networking, getting to know more people who are eager and enthusiastic about the same areas that I am. Uh, just building more relationship, building more connections. And um, yeah, that, that that's really the, the core reason for me to, to start in the show. Also, again, I'm always passionate about sharing my passion. I'm passionate about helping other people uh, and, and sharing lots of valuable information at no cost is definitely always uh, something I enjoy doing. And sure. so, so lots of that around, but, but really having a show where, you know, I bring in people from so different backgrounds, so different experiences who have built businesses who have managed businesses and uh, so much amazing knowledge that, that people are sharing. Right. And it's, I love seeing how many people do the same things in so many different ways. I think that's probably one of the most inspiring things for me. Like there's not a way to do most things, right? There's various ways to get to the same results. Absolutely. And I'm also wondering here about what drives you where I think podcasters have to have similar values of creativity, curiosity, and empathy, especially. But I'm also wondering about what drives you perhaps not only in your podcasting, but maybe your work and your personal life. What are some core values that you abide by that are very important to you, Mads? So definitely from a motivation standpoint, it's definitely helping people. I mean, nothing, no, no feelings comes close to anything better than helping people around me. So I love building businesses. I love putting great teams together. I love creating jobs. I, I think unemployment is probably... The, the number one biggest challenge the world is facing generally and uh, because when people are employed when they have a purpose and getting up in the morning that that gives you a totally different perspective on life uh, so so i think that's one of the biggest challenges in the world and ha- helping to address some of that helping both build businesses on my own and with, with people that i care about is important and i i think also enabling other people to build great businesses and create more jobs is, is critical uh, so, so from a motivational standpoint, that's definitely number one. I think if you look at it overall, um, we are all driven by various things. Uh, I, I think personally, I haven't had a lot of tough experiences. I've never been homeless. I've never been, well, you, you can call it a digital nomad homeless once in a while, but I, I've never been in a situation where I haven't been able to put a roof over my own head. And uh, I think that's that, that uh, lack of challenge to some extent uh, have probably meant that my motivations are slightly different than others. Um, and, and the things that I do care about is probably slightly different than others. But in the end of the day, for me, like having a clear purpose in life is, is so helpful. Um, having people around you. I mean, I, I, <laughs> People often ask me what I do, and I say I love people. Uh, I, I love spending time with amazing people. I, I love meeting new people. I love I love inspiring people. I love pushing people. I love I love seeing people do amazing things. And, and I I can literally never run out of energy being surrounded by by amazing humans. So. Absolutely. And a question that I've been asking quite a lot recently relates somewhat to values and also motivations. 
what does success represent to you? I know that's quite a broad question, but I'm just curious. What does success represent to you, Mads, personally? So are you familiar with the Tour de France? The Tour de France, yes. Yes. So uh, probably yesterday or something, a, a Danish guy just won the Tour de France. And if you look at that human, he, he's an amazing human being as a person, right? A lot of the time when you look at some of the greatest winners around, they're typically very selfish, very driven. They're willing to do whatever it takes to succeed, even if it occasionally means screwing other people over. Um, if you look at this guy, he had so many opportunities to do that and didn't. Uh, he had his biggest competitor uh, have a crash and a puncture, and he literally stopped and waited for the guy. So, like the the human instincts and the the, the sort of human side of that individual is so impressive to me, and that is what I aspire to be in life. I I believe that kindness is needed more than ever uh, i think there's so many situations all around the world where where you see people not just being selfish but not being clear about kindness right and uh, there's so much conflict that is unnecessary and causing harms to people for no particular reason um, and and i believe fundamentally that uh, being a kind human being is one of the best things you can ever do a lot of the time, people think that when you are a kind human being, you're being taken advantage of. And while that might be the case, the way I look at the world is that, you know, if I go and meet 10 people, seven of them might be amazing people, or one or two of them I might not be very keen on hanging out with, and one of them might be a, someone I definitely don't want to hang out with, but I would much rather meet 10 people and face the difficult people, then I would not meet the seven great ones. So I think from a from a human perspective, I think that's very important. And and I I, I am probably what people would call naive by nature. I, I trust people until they give me a reason not to. And a lot of people say, oh, but people are so horrible. They're going to do this. They're going to do that, that and so on. Um, my experience is that most people are good people. My experience is that no one wakes up in the morning and say, I want to be a bad human. Like, they don't. There's definitely certain times where people have difficult life circumstances that pushes them. Uh, as I say, I mean, I've seen people rob and steal from others. But I can tell you, if I had a kid that I couldn't feed, I would also be willing to do certain things. Uh, so, I, I mean, there's a big difference between committing violence for no reason and stealing because you kid can't eat. Uh, I, I see those things being very, very different. Um, but I, I, I try and be as non-judgmental as I can to what sort of people and I try and uh, have an open open mind for people around me. I, I, I do not live a life that most people live. Uh, my values in general are, are very different from most. Um, again, I'm, I'm a huge believer in kindness. I'm a huge believer in the fact that we only live one time. And I think so many people waste so much of their time doing things that it's sad to see sometimes. I mean, the, the amount of time an average human being spent watching TV, um, I can promise you no one's sitting 80 years old and saying, oh, you know, I wish my, I watched more movies in my life or I watch, uh, I wish I was staring more at my TV during life. Um, and, and seeing that sometimes make me a little bit sad. Um, I, I, I think the, 
I mean, I'm not saying don't ever look at a TV, but I'm saying that um, people are very busy saying they don't have time to do this and that. Whereas reality, we all have the same time. And I mean, you can look at people like Elon Musk, or you can look at presidents around the world that are capable of doing a lot of things with their time. And, you know, you have people who are working a maybe boring day job, but they can't find the time to go out, right? I mean, it's easy to say, oh, I can't find a girlfriend, or I can't find a boyfriend. And you're like, you're sitting in your apartment all day, every day. And, you know, the pizza delivery guy is probably not going to be it, right? Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with just getting that sorted and finding out your values and also having that optimistic attitude towards people i'm not sure what your relationship is with the law of attraction and those kind of concepts but i do believe that if you emit positive energy it naturally has to come back to you and so being trusting kind and empathetic towards people often yields greater results than the contrary yeah i i, I mean i'm i'm i, I used to say i'm ridiculously uh, positive as a person um i don't see a reason not to Right. So when you have conversations with humans, you can often misunderstand them. So people would say something that you could understand in multiple ways. One of the things I try is to always look at the most possible way it could be understood and understand it that way. That might not have been the way someone meant it. But if you're always assuming positive intent, you are less likely to misunderstand others. And you are less likely to put yourself in a bad mood right? A lot of the time people use this sentence uh, saying someone did something to me or, you know, this person made me unhappy. And it's like, no, no one makes you unhappy. People do things around you and you choose 100% how you react to it, right? So your reaction, your, your response to anything that happens around you, like if you're standing in a bar and someone punch you in the face, yes, someone punched you in the face, but how you reacted to it is 100% up to you, right? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't punch back. I'm not saying you shouldn't feel angry. I'm not. I'm just saying you are 100% in control of how you respond to any situation around you. And the more you learn to realize that, the more you realize that you can control yourself. And, and by the way, one of the good challenges to yourself is always asking, you know, if this guy had punched me in the face instead of in a bar in the middle of the night, if he had he or she had done it in a church, would my reaction have been the same? And the answer in pretty much every case is no. Um, and reality is can't control your feelings, right? Sometimes for humans, it's easy to say, oh, I couldn't control myself. It wasn't me, but it is you, right? we can control our feelings we definitely need to learn how to but if you learn to control your feelings if you learn to be more positive as a human being the world will be more positive to you right absolutely and before we get to the final section of the show has there been a question that i have not asked you that you would have liked me to or you expected me to ask you Not in particular. I always love going into conversations with an open mind. I'm always excited about what direction they go. So I don't have a particular question that I would like to be asked, I'd say. But um, what what's a question you would like to be asked? Um, a question that I would like to be asked. 
It's a strange one, really, because I'm <laughs> usually the one who asks the questions, but I suppose more often, like, are you genuinely okay? And I would rather ask that to people and yeah. also have it asked to me, like, are you genuinely okay? Not just a, you're all right, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. No, like, genuinely, are you okay? And if not, yeah. why? And then we can delve deeper and figure out to do something about it. How how often do you feel it's difficult to answer that question without, like, how often do you not feel okay? It fluctuates, it fluctuates. Hmm. Fluctuates depending on environmental factors and work factors. There's a few different things. I, I have to be honest, it has been a very long time. I mean, I, I've seen some things, right? I mean, I've both my parents have passed away over the last 18 years or so. Uh, so I've definitely had some moments that have been not very happy. Uh, but I would say for me as an individual, it's been very difficult for me to pinpoint times over the last 20 years where I have not been in a very positive state, which is, which takes a lot of work. But I think fundamentally, um, the more work you do with yourself and the, the better you position yourself. We can all get into a shitty situation. We can all get into a shitty state. But I think I think learning that positive attitude and really learning the positive mindset is, is really key, right? But uh, I, I love the question. I, I think uh, a lot of the time, I mean, a simple sentence like, how are you, is often just, uh, I'm okay. And you don't really want to say what's up, right? Because uh, you don't want to or that other person or whatever. Um, and I think it's a lot of the time humans, and, and that's getting a lot worse, we're not used to listening, right? Uh, so one of, the, one of the things I've had since, again, since I was about 15 is I don't ever have sound on my phone. When I'm with people, when I'm hanging out with friends, I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm listening to them and I'm engaged and I'm 100% there, right? I, I try as much as I can to live right here, right now, at every point in time. And unfortunately, that makes me bad at keeping in contact with people that are not physically around me. Uh, but I, I think when you when you learn to be really authentic, when you learn to be there with people around you and actually listen and actually care what they say and what they do, then yeah, it's it's it, it's showing in a, in a very different situation the most but but really learning not to be interrupted constantly is probably one of the biggest game changers for me absolutely and i think that's a very powerful and profound way to come towards the end of the conversation and build upon insight perhaps for the future the final question that i have for you mads is it's july 2023 a year from now and we're having another conversation if i said to you mads what have you achieved what would you like to be telling me Honestly, from a goals perspective, uh, my I have I have a couple of my businesses that will that will definitely be significantly bigger at the time, and that's based on the fact that they're full of amazing people that will make them a lot bigger. Um, generally, for me as an individual, I uh, I hope to uh, definitely find the person that I'm going to spend the foreseeable future with. And I think from a personal standpoint, that's probably my biggest goal at this point in time. Um, I think from a, on a human level, really 
Um, yeah, just keep spreading kindness. Keep keep changing the world from a one person at a time, right? I think a lot of the time you see these grand old statements, and I, I've also said in the past that I, I want to help at least a million people develop. I, I think it always starts at the low level. You always start with one person at a time because when you impact someone positively, they will in turn impact other people around them positively. And I think uh, don't don't worry about the numbers, worry about the impact you have on a consistent level. Absolutely. Mads, thank you very much for your time. I've really appreciated your insight. All the very best with your future endeavors and keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Connor. Awesome to talk to you.